You're listening to WGWG.org. Jeff in with you, and it is that time of the week when we sit down and record the big sports fan, Matthew Tesnier. Welcome to the podcast studios, the lush, plush, lavish podcast studios here at WGWG Gardner Webb University. Welcome. It is quite an experience in here, indeed. <laughs> it's cool. You know, that's got, that's all I require at, at, at this time of the cool year, this time of year. I'm a happy man. Yeah. Yeah. This time of year. What 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 we shall we talk about sports wise? I know in baseball, we just had the uh, the midseason all star break. Things are getting back into the regular schedule now. What are your reflections on baseball? Yeah, we, we did have the all star game. The American League won that game four to two and, and won home field advantage in, in the World Series uh, with it. You know um, what? You, I did not know that that was something that, that was at stake in the, in the, um, in, in the all star. And, uh, and, I be, and I believe, you know, I didn't hear any talk about it this year, so I believe it still is. But several years ago, they started started that as kind of a way to sweeten the pot for the All-Star game. I like it. Makes sense. Their first, I think, brand on the All-Star game when they did that was, this one counts. You know, <laughs> it was kind of a, this isn't just a collection of great players right. getting together out there having fun. This one counts. And so you still sometimes in the All-Star game will see a little bit of, uh, not as much as the NBA maybe, where you see dunks and, mm-hmm. and crazy plays and things like that but you'll see guys out there having fun but uh, the story is that in the late innings that's when they really make their push but I don't know that it really is uh, a, a, just a fun occasion for a lot of those guys getting out there if they're on a team that is in contention for the playoffs and they're thinking World Series they go out there probably from the first inning and they're wanting to win that thing because they want to be able to have home field advantage if they get to the World Series. So there is an incentive there, I, I certainly think, to make it more than just a, a game of the collection of the players having the best season so far, yeah. which is exciting, and it always has been. Um, a lot of a lot of legends have made, made uh, exciting plays in the All-Star games over the years. But um, the big thing, I think, for, for All-Star week and, and this period is just it's a good time to kind of catch up on the season. 162 games in a baseball season, it's it's hard unless you're a diehard baseball fan and you're just in it every day to, to be paying attention to it. So this time is a good time to kind of catch up if you haven't been uh, current on the headlines throughout the season so far. And it's a time that I really like to kind of look down the standings, see who's doing what, look down the statistical leaders, see who's doing what. And so I kind of did that this week um, uh, post, post-All-Star game. Um, previously and kind of saw what what teams are are doing well and and I found out that the National League has all the best teams really now now there are teams at the top in in both leagues that are similar in record but the three best records uh, as of earlier this week were in the National League and it was the Cubs the Giants and the Nationals and the one similarity I saw between all of those teams they've had good hitting but it's pitching and it's multiple pitchers who are pitching really well for the Giants, it's a couple of all-star caliber guys, and I think they both went this year. Johnny Cueto, love that name. Madison Bumgarner, who's from right up the road in Hickory um, and, and is well-known in, in this region in Charlotte and in the high country in North Carolina. Um, so they've got a couple of dominant pitchers. For the Cubs, it's Jake Arrieta and John Lester. And then for the Nationals, uh, it's two guys named Max Scherzer, also love that name, uh, and a guy named Steven Strasburg, who has been a, a hot topic in baseball for several years by how he's been touted as one of the best pitchers to come along in, in a long time. And he certainly has made good on that um, legendary status uh, this this year so far. He was 13-0 and headed into uh, his last game this week, and he finally lost one. And so he's not undefeated anymore, but 
thirteen and one, and so all three of those teams, Cubs, Giants, and Nationals, have had exceptional pitching from multiple pitchers, and that's really what you need to win in baseball in October. You really need a couple of dominant pitchers who can go out there and against any lineup just shut them down and and not allow them to score runs. If you need to win a one to nothing ball game, they give you a chance to do that, and you don't necessarily have to have you know four or five pitchers in a rotation in October the way right. you know you kind of want to do throughout the year to make sure everybody gets rest yeah because you're going to be playing shorter series you're going to be playing longer series in the season when they play three or four game series if you do best of seven in the playoffs but you've got a, a defined limited number of games and if you can win win you know four games you can you can win a world series and so you can trot your your best two guys out there for a couple games if you can win those games then you can maybe send your number three guy out there see what that result is, but then on a couple of days rest, if you need to throw those top guys again, you can put them right back out there because you know in, in seven games this series is is defined to that period of time, and so you don't have to worry about the long haul of the season at that point. Plus, those guys are tired, um, so you really need good strong arms and, and, and guys who have great fastballs and, and a couple of other different pitches. You can't just do it with one pitch um, in baseball the way you could 100 years ago when guys could just throw one pitch and, and that's all they needed to get by. So that's kind of what's changed in, in pitching over the years uh, is, is just having multiple pitches. But um, that's that's been a big thing in the first half of the season. But um, also, you know, it's kind of interesting, the um, the Atlanta Braves, we talked about it a couple of times so far throughout uh, the, the baseball season. They were the first team to 60 losses this year. And so <laughs> our, our regional team oh, is, well. is down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they are, uh, along with the Minnesota Twins, probably the two, the two saddest teams in baseball this year. And just, you know, why depleted rosters? I mean, they, they traded players, players signed elsewhere. They, they maybe traded some farm talent to, to other, um, you know, minor league organizations and so they're in rebuilding mode and so it's kind of painful to watch here here in the southeast when you see a lot of braves coverage um either on the news or in in the papers and you know for so many years they they won they were winners and it's painful to see it go the other way yeah i mean they had what maybe something like a streak of 14 straight uh years where they were the division champion Mm -hmm. in the national league east and so uh, for me and at my age i'm used to seeing them be winners and so not seeing them win is kind of strange actually um so they're you know they're not a um a bright spot in the national league i mentioned the national league kind of having having a lot of the bright spots particularly with pitching um, another team that is it is not doing well and is is kind of in a way historically bad this year is the Yankees. They are um, below 500, which means of course that they have more losses than they have wins. Yeah. Um, below 50-50 in their wins losses. Uh, at the latest point past the All Star break since 1995. And that's the last time, really, that the Yankees went through a little stretch there where they were not, you know, the greatest team in baseball. And they didn't always have a shot to, to win. They, they didn't have the best best players at most of the positions and, and those kind of things. So uh, the Yankees, kind of like the Braves, we've seen a lot of winning from them, not just over the last 20 years, but forever in baseball. Uh, they're kind of the crown jewel in, in the sport uh, in America. Uh, they're not – not that great this year and they're in a tough division I would argue that the Yankees are, are playing in the toughest division in baseball in the American League East and for the last couple of years I mean they've got um, the Orioles the Red Sox and the Blue Jays all right there at the top and it's actually the tightest division race at this moment uh, headed down the stretch those that's the only division where I, I right now kind of look at the at the standings and could see three teams could still win that division and they could still finish near the top of the American League 
So uh, the Yankees are in a, in a tough division there. The, the, the reason why those three teams, I think, are, are doing so well in the American League East, Orioles have two of the top ten home run hitters in baseball. So they're, they're hitting the ball very well. Same thing goes for uh, the Boston Red Sox. They've got some of the best uh, uh, guys who are batting in runs, uh, batting for average. Uh, David Ortiz, uh, who's been a legend in Boston in the last 10 years or so, just a, a big home run hitter, uh, was a big reason why they were able to, to get to the World Series, win a couple of titles. Um, he he is, has been playing extremely well. And then for the Blue Jays, they've got uh, the guy who's leading the league in runs batted in, in, in baseball, uh, period. So, and Edwin Encarnacion, which I love that name too. You get some, some great names in baseball. Yeah. Um, just because of the culture, you know. You, you have players coming from Japan, players coming from Latin America, America, and then you've got a variety of different American uh, players of different backgrounds. And so you get a lot of great names and you get a lot of good culture in, in baseball. I think you have just as much strong personal culture in baseball as you have in any of the American oh, sports sure. because of yeah. that variety of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, I digress as I as I often do on the big sports fan. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of the big thing in, in the uh, American League. The other thing of note, I think, is uh, pitching in general. We talked about the with the National League uh, teams and the Cubs and Giants and Nationals being so strong. Well, the top 10 pitchers with earned run average, that's how many runs they're averaging, you know, at, per outing and, and, you know, inning, innings-wise, are all in the National League. The, t- the top 10 that are, that are at, at the top uh, in not allowing runs, basically, right, right. are all in the National League. Um, so that, that to me is a testament of the strength and pitching and the shutdown pitching that, that we're seeing this season. And seven of the top 10 strikeout pitchers are in the national league. And so I think we've, we've, um, you know, obviously, like I said, there are strong teams that the Rangers are, are really strong. The Indians have had a great year. We've talked on the big sports fan and in, in the last month or so about Cleveland, you know, they, they yeah. have this long drought and, and then finally the Cavaliers win the NBA championship. And now the Indians are on a run. Can they, can they do it and, and deliver? Deliver Cleveland another title this year, so there are strong teams over there. But I just think the dominant pitching is has been the story. Okay, there have been some interesting players. There are always surprising players who come along. Seems like every year now, it's not just the stars; it's players you've never heard of suddenly emerging and having a great season, and then sticking around for a few years. And so we've seen a little bit of that. But I think the big story of baseball so far is the pitching and the pitching in the National League. So if you had to go out on a limb, <laughs> oh, it'd be a National League team that wins the series. <sighs> I, that would be that would be my my thought right now. I mean, I, I, I it would be exciting to see a Cubs World Series champion. We haven't seen that in more than a hundred years. We haven't seen a, a Cubs team in the World Series in quite some time. That would be incredibly exciting. We thought we might see that last year, um, but I think maybe we were at least a year away. That's an incredibly young team. Um, their hitters, some of their best hitters, uh, and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, they're they're. They're among the best in baseball right now, but they're so young. They don't have that experience. Sometimes you kind of got to get to the dance before you know how to know how to move. And um, <laughs> to, to give you a weird analogy off the top of my head, um, and I, you know they went there last year to the playoffs and um, you know weren't able to to get it done. But I think now their combination of hitting and pitching. If I had to pick a team, it would either be them. Or the Giants. For some reason, the San Francisco Giants always show up there. And they've got really good pitching. And their pitching this year may be as good as any of the last several years that they've had. But they always have a lineup, it seems, of no-name hitters. Guys who, if you were picking the best players in baseball, you wouldn't necessarily choose those guys for your lineup. And so um, it's interesting to see them there. But they always seem to be there in October. 
um, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers in their division have great pitching with a guy named Clayton Kershaw. They've got great hitters, but the Giants are always there. So if I had to pick a team, you know, if somebody was going to hold me to it, I'd say Cubs or Giants. Okay. Well, um, there you go. We What we'll do is we'll uh, check back. <laughs> In the fall and see see if you came close or not. Yeah, in the next uh, next th- three months from now, we three should be kind of finding now. out who's right. in the World Series and who's winning it. So we've still got a long way, and that's that's why I think it's a good time to check in. What are some of yeah. the major things going on in baseball? Because in a 162 game season, you know, there's still a long way to go. And that was actually a big topic this week. A uh, big sports media personality, Colin Cowherd, who I listen to from time to time. I've kind of had a love hate relationship with him over time. I didn't used to like him and agree with him. I agree with him a little more over time. I don't know if he's changed or I've changed in my ideologies, but um, he, he's often a, a very radical suggester of uh, how things should be in sports. Uh-huh. And this week he did a, if sports were just now starting, how what would you change about each major American sport? And with baseball, he said he would limit it to 120 games instead of 162, essentially cutting off you know a month plus of the season because you're going to get that back in the playoffs anyways. Yeah. And so you're not going to be playing fewer games necessarily. Just the teams that don't make the playoffs are going to be playing right. a lot fewer right. games. So, I, you know, I, I think that's a, a okay suggestion because it is such a long, a long season. season. It does make it difficult for people to keep up. Um, so it's a good time to check in, and yeah. we'll check in again later. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do exactly what you're talking about. You, you, you know, uh, Spring training is over. The opening games may pay a little bit of attention. It's, uh, you get into your summer activities, maybe drift away a little bit, and then you come back a little bit later, in and out. Yeah, know. definitely. Well, and, and one of Colin Cowherd's suggestions, too, was, and that's a great name, too, by the way, um, I've just got Matthew Tessner. You know, I don't know how that compares to Colin Cowherd and Edwin Encarnacion, but uh, another reason for his 120 uh, game season suggestion was when football gets here in the fall and you've still got yes. regular season baseball yes. going for a month before you yes. get to the playoffs. Yes. How many people who aren't, die, again, die hard, just I love baseball. Baseball's my sport. It always has been. Or my grandpa loved baseball, and so I love it because we used to get, you know, there's yeah. got to be a reason that yeah. you hang around. Because yeah. when football gets there, it, it, I mean, it's just a, a complete diversion of attention. Yeah, it sucks up all the oxygen. It does, yeah. especially here in America. Yeah. It has become America's sport. Yeah, and so um, I don't see them cutting games out of baseball. Baseball. I, no. I really don't. That would shock me, actually, yeah. if they did that. But um, I think they might gain something from it yeah. if they considered it. Yeah. Uh, I think we want to hit a little bit on some uh, kind of notes uh, about Gardner-Webb sports. Yeah, yeah, Gardner-Webb basketball in particular. And, and we talk about sports, it seems, out of season quite often. We'll talk about football when a schedule comes out in the spring. We'll talk about, uh, you know, swimming in the sure. offseason for our team because maybe somebody's going to the Olympic trials or something. So we often do that. And uh, with men's basketball, kind of two things of note, a summer summer uh, mission trip that and tour that they're going on. And then also next season schedule's been announced. Okay. And so um, it's interesting, uh, kind of catching up. We always uh, share that GWSports.com is the place to always keep up with Gardner Web Sports um, completely all year long. They're always on top of, of everything new that's happening, uh, whether that's game coverage, schedules coming out, whatever you want to know. Uh, but it was kind of catching up on the men's basketball team. They're, they're going to be traveling to the Dominican Republic here uh, in the next week or so. And I um, found out from, from kind of reading on GWSports.com that the NCAA allows foreign summer trips for, for teams every four years. And so it's been a few years since they took a trip. And um, so they're going to be going down to the Dominican. They're going to play three exhibition games against national uh, and professional teams down there, which will kind of give them a chance to 
get some action in early and, and you know see where they stand and what they need to work on maybe and, and uh, just get them loose uh, in advance of the season in, in a you know, coming in a couple of months, but they're also going to do some some ministry down there. They're going to they're going to do some humanitarian relief projects, and so just another one of those things that just incredibly fits into the mission of of Gardner Webb and serving God and humanity. And I mean, we we see that across our sports teams, we see that everywhere on campus, and so that's that's really really great that they get that opportunity to go out of the country, experience something outside of Boiling Springs, North Carolina, in the United States, see other people in need, um, play against other other athletes from from different locations who aren't just at a college, you know, down the road from them or, or here in America. So it'll be a nice cultural and, and sure. humanitarian experience for them. So that's exciting. Yeah. The other side of, of Garden Web News right now in men's basketball is we did learn about their schedule uh, that, that came out, and we play some major conference teams um, this year. It's interesting that we'll play an ACC team, a Big Ten team, a Big 12 team, and an SEC team this year. And we're not necessarily playing – the team's at the top of the crop, um, so we're not taking on you know your your top twenty five caliber programs necessarily. We we don't know the season hasn't started yet. We don't we don't know how teams will will work out, but we'll be playing Pittsburgh, Nebraska, Kansas State, and Georgia this year, and um, so that's exciting always just to see who's on the schedule beyond the conference. Yeah. And there are some non conference teams that we typically have a relationship with somehow, either coaches or friends or are there you know just well at working together and so they'll they'll usually have have local schools in some capacity here in the region on the schedule but it's neat to see who who are we going to play outside of that so those are those are some of our matchups and it's just interesting to note you know we've, we've got a couple of guys coming back led by Tyrell Nelson who'll be a senior this year um who are are very very good lineup I mean we've got some some real talent coming back but we'll have some some guys to replace who who have graduated and moved on. But it's interesting to note to me that we've won 55 games in the last three years under under Tim Kraft total, and uh, you know that's knocking on the door of 20 wins a season, and we have hit 20 um, in a season, and it's just been an an exciting time for men's basketball. Even even as we've had some transition over the last couple of years, it's been really exciting to see what what former coach Chris Holtman's been able to do up at Butler. But yeah. Tim Kraft has stepped in here and just done an unbelievable mm-hmm. job. With our basketball program, so yeah. it's going to take them down to the Dominican Republic, and then you know it will not be long before we're talking about men's basketball season tipping off here at Garden Oh, Wim. that's right. You know, um, Coastal's left or leaving left the conference, Head, headed out to the Sun Belt Conference right. in Division One A or yeah. uh, FBS football bowl subdivision. Right. So, will we be playing uh, a basketball game against them this? You know, season? I, I, I look so much at the non-conference. I didn't uh, even really okay. look too much at our conference right. schedule out of habit of just kind of knowing who those teams are, but I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe right. so. Yeah, that's that's going to change me things if I'm wrong, within the conference, not having it will. There. It will. Because Whether we're they, talking about football or basketball. It will. And, and, of course, we're not far from football. We'll be talking football yeah. really soon yeah. uh, on the Big Sports yeah, Fan. That'll will. give us some good Gardner-Webb action to talk about uh, with, with the football team. But, um, yeah, I mean, it will. It'll change in every sport, really. Uh, yeah. Coastal, especially in, in, in football and basketball and baseball. Winning a well, national championship. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean it'll it'll change the face of the conference. Yeah. Um, I think think we'll see a little bit of a shuffling around, but that that's common. I mean, you know, conference realignment has just become part of college sports, and um, the Big Twelve as as one of the bigger conferences. 
which is so confusing because the Big 12 actually has 10 teams in it right now. <laughs> and, that, and that's another story uh, for, for yeah, another podcast that we could get story, into. Yeah. But they're looking at adding some teams potentially right, again. Right. And they're looking at, at schools that may be ready to move up to mm-hmm. the next level. Mm-hmm. And so we're always talking about conference realignment. And there's mm-hmm. always a new landscape. You've always got – different folks to battle or not battle and and so you can't get too comfortable really uh in in college sports because as soon as you do something's changing with who you're playing in conference but um so yeah we'll talk about football soon but those are the big stories going on right now well i think we uh, might be remiss if we don't mention something about the olympics yes start next week right yes well um Let's see. We're two weeks away. I think two we're weeks a couple away. weeks okay. away. August fifth. I feel like it's going to be next week because yeah, we're we're getting to weeks. August next yeah. next weekend. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're we're about two weeks away. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, with all the questions about Rio, I think that's going to be maybe the biggest thing is is what happens in Rio and whether that's been the health concerns or security concerns or. Um, you know, which athletes aren't going to be there. I mean, it's, it's given a lot of other athletes chances to go and, and be an Olympian. Um, and so that's, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, from, from those who have stepped down for, for certain reasons and said, right. you know, I'm not going. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, is there any case where, particularly here for, for American sports, is there any case where somebody is not competing, where maybe we don't have our best folks out there? And does that open the door for us to have a hard time competing against some other countries? And yeah. they have a chance the medal um i always of course love to to watch and and growing up in a basketball culture i always love watching the men's and the women's olympic basketball uh you know in all the sports but the medal count is always so fun to watch you know how are we doing it's a chance for us to compete in a somewhat friendly environment (laughs) against other countries around the world and and something that is meant for goodwill and, and peace among among our countries um it's always interesting to see, you know, do we have the most gold medals? Can mm-hmm. we can we do that? Mm-hmm. Do we have the most total medals? Those are kind of the two things for me from a competitive standpoint. You want to have the most goals and the most medals overall. And I think that's when you can judge it and say, we have the best Olympics. We're the best in the world. And I think that's exciting to look yeah, at. So yeah. um, the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about Olympics. Too. And, and complicated by the fact of the Russian doping scandal. Yes. And yes. That's, that's going to take a lot of athletes – off the table in and of itself, is it not? Yeah, it, it will. I mean, I, that's that seems to always be an issue when we get around to the Olympics now, too. There always seems to be, and it's a variety of sports. I mean, it can be uh, with Russia. At, am I right? Is it track? I think it's track. I, yeah, yeah, but I think it's even but, broader but than beyond, that. But yes. beyond. But track's kind of been in that in that center, center aisle spot, mm-hmm. you know, where they've kind of had the eyes on them. Um but, yeah, I mean, we, we see it with wrestling. We see it in a variety of sports. And mm-hmm. so it, it seems like we are certainly in an age where there are so many things uh, grabbing our attention outside of the field of play. Right. You know, yeah. where it's either the environment – and with the Olympics especially, it's either the environment we're going to. Uh, it's, it's security questions because of global security concerns, regardless of where they are, really. It could be here in America. And, I mean, we, we had a situation in 96 in Atlanta. Yep, and so, right. I mean, it really kind of doesn't matter where you're going. That, that there's, there's just so much attention on it that it does make you a little bit nervous. Yeah. And, and then you have these questions of, of doping and, and performance-enhancing drugs and all these, all these things that are, that are big stories in our world today. So it'd been interesting to go back and see the Olympics in the early days of kind of the revival of the modern Olympic Games, Uh, you know, late 1800s and then into the early 1900s. 
particularly maybe before World War Two, what were yeah. those, those games like? Were they were they kinder, simpler times? You know, you had obviously different sports uh, then. We didn't have all the different modern sports that we have now. Basketball was in its infancy period back in those days, and so a lot of lots changed there. But just it'd be interesting to see what the world felt like maybe maybe before the World Wars with with the Olympics before yeah. that got going. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, there's there's always more to talk about than just sports with the Olympics. And some of that's good. Uh, you know, we, we see heroes kind of crowned during, during the games, but certainly a lot of things that could be perceived as, as negatives and, and detriments. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to it'll watch. Be we interesting certainly got to watch from multiple plenty, angles. Yeah. Plenty in Brazil. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week's uh, Big Sports Fan. Matthew Tessner, thanks for joining us and uh, sharing your thoughts. And we we'll look forward to doing it again next week. You can uh, find all of these podcasts on our uh, website. Just click on on-demand programming and search for Big Sports Fan. All right, until next week, thanks.